Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Fitness Disrupted, a production of iHeartRadio. I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted. I received an email a little while back from someone who said they liked the show, they liked all the advice I gave, especially on running, but that they were a cyclist and they wanted more information on cycling. So here we go. Cycling 101 is what I am calling this podcast. So it is how to get started. It is a basic overview. It is not for your hardcore cyclists per se, although there might be a couple pieces of information you can get from this. This is for your beginner to intermediate cyclists, bikers. We have never had a bigger explosion in the indoor cycling market, as well as people buying bikes. So COVID has done both things. COVID has driven people inside working out because they couldn't go to the gyms. You couldn't go to your boutique cycling studios. And then places where the weather is and was better, huge run on bikes, just like dumbbells and so many other pieces of exercise equipment. Couldn't get a bike. Couldn't get a bike. It is just starting to get a little easier, but it's still challenging. I have friends who have been in this industry for many years, many friends, uh, bike shop owners, and I love going in and talking to them. And I love that they're busy because that is a brutal business. And I will talk about supporting your local bike shop for that very reason. But this show is for those of you who have just started cycling, who are thinking about cycling, who are thinking about doing it more, who are saying, you know, I want to bike more inside, outside, both I'm going to cover. But again, this is a, an overview. There will be cycling 202, 303. I will do more podcasts with greater detail. But again, this is going to benefit the beginner to intermediate cyclists. All right. Quick kind of background uh, in my cycling uh, experience. I am certified as a USA cycling coach. Most of my studies obviously apply when it comes to exercise physiology and things like that to the energy required and biomechanics and things like that. And then there's, you know, all the races I have participated in over the decades and all the training I have done for them. So, you know, obviously, if you've listened to prior podcasts, you know, I'm a triathlete. I am a runner. I've done 26 Ironmans, I believe, to date. So many half Ironmans, many shorter triathlons. And then in training for that, 
I have done a heck of a lot of biking, indoors and outdoors. I have done countless century rides. That's 100-mile bike rides. I've done those indoors as well. I just read someone asking, does anyone do 100-mile rides indoors? Yes. The answer is yes. And I've also done rides like, uh, I think this is the longest I did in one day. It is the Manhattan to Montauk ride. So that's around 150 miles. We did it in one day. Pancake flat. Beautiful ride in the summer. Actually did it twice. I did it on a bike and then I did it on an elliptigo. I think about I talked about that with um, Dean Carnazzi's when I had him on the show because he uses one as well. So I've spent a heck of a lot of time in the saddle. And that, again, goes both for inside and outside as well. Many of my Ironman races were in the winter, like in New Zealand, Australia, places on the other side of the world. So I would go there. It was their summer, but I had to train through the winter. So I have done a lot of cycling. And so I'm going to give you that kind of broad overview so that you don't make the mistakes I made, so that you maximize your workouts and your time and your enjoyment. And for cycling, I am going to spend some time talking about safety because that is one of the top issues for me. And I am one of those rarities that has never been in a bad accident. Whenever I say that to a cyclist, they go, oh, no, don't say that. Listen, I don't believe in luck <laughs> or bad luck. Things can happen, of course. But when it comes to cycling, there's so much we can control and you have to. So yes, a little bit of luck involved, of course, and a heck of a lot of precautions when it comes to cycling for me. So I'm going to talk about that as well. So how to get the most out of your cycling. I actually did one podcast called How to Maximize Your Indoor Cycling. I'm going to talk about indoor a little bit, but this is that broad overview for you cyclists out there thinking of starting or you've been doing it for a little while. You want to get more out of it. This show's for you. All right, quick break. We'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berber which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Talking about cycling, cycling 101. Always question, like, do you say cycling or biking? I like calling it, you know, I like riding my bike. <laughs> I'm a biker. 
kind of. I don't consider myself a cyclist per se. I don't even consider myself a triathlete. I've said that I'm someone who needs goals. I'm someone who needs something to shoot for, but I have done all of the above. But I want to go back and preparing for this show, I was thinking back to the bikes I owned as a kid. I'm 52, grew up with the no helmet, you know, biking, no knee pads, elbow pads. We just rode and we rode all day long. And what kind of bike was I riding? And many of you who are around my age, that banana seat bike. How cool was that? The banana seat bike. I was thinking like I should do an Ironman riding a banana seat bike, old school. And what else would we do? We would take a baseball card and tape it to the back wheel, to the spoke, so that you would get that motorcycle sound. <laughs> you know, who knows what I'm talking about, right? You, you got to be in your 50s or around there if you do. I don't see anyone doing that anymore. Uh, so, yes, but then there was a huge gap. So road bikes as a kid for fun and then took time off, started focusing more on the weight training, on the uh, running, and didn't own a bike. Didn't own a bike since I was a kid. Definitely didn't own one, you know, in my 20s and 30s for the most part. And then I decided to do my first triathlon. I've told that story many times, but real quickly, you know, living in New York City, I was a trainer just starting out, needed goals, needed things to shoot for, heard about this crazy Ironman race, triathlon, so I started getting into it. Didn't own a bike. So for my first couple triathlons, I rented a bike. No aero bars. Wasn't expensive. Really didn't fit. <laughs> and we'll talk about that because that is super important. But I rented one. Wasn't going to spend a lot of money. Wanted to see if I liked it, what it was all about. And I liked it. So I said, I'm going to do this. And I was poor, making next to nothing as a personal trainer. And I said, I, I need a bike. I got to invest in my health. I'm going to invest in this crazy race. I'm going to do this race in New Zealand, halfway around the world. And I had a credit card and I bought my first bike. It wasn't super expensive by any stretch in the you know world of bikes, but it was super expensive for me. And it took me a long time to pay off, but it was one of the greatest investments I ever made. Led to so many other things. And I often talk about choosing goals that scare you. Well, you know, when I gave that guy my credit card for that bike, freaking out. How am I going to pay for this? And the race itself, for that matter. But it was awesome. It was awesome. And let me say this. You know, I am the exception when it comes to biking in that I've never owned super expensive bikes and I haven't owned many. And that's not normally what cyclists do. They buy many bikes you know, they put a lot of money into it. Not all, but there is that world. If you go on the cycling blogs, you will see that. And listen, whatever you can afford and whatever makes you happy, that's what you buy. All right, so let's go right there. What kind of bike should you get? What kind of bike should you get? There's so many options. This goes to like picking a piece of cardio equipment for your home gym. So let me just list a couple. When it comes to bikes, there are road bikes triathlon bikes or TT bikes. Those have the aero bars, hybrid bikes, mountain bikes, electric bikes, which I think are cheating a little bit, uh, gravel bikes, cyclocross bikes, cruiser bikes, so many. Recumbent, even for outside, things like that. Same questions you would ask. I would ask you to ask yourself if you were buying a piece of home exercise equipment, what are you going to be using it for? Are you going to ride in the woods? Are you going to ride it, you know, to the beach? Are you going to do races on it? Are you a triathlete? So you have to ask yourself those questions. And then what are your goals, which will be tied into that question? Is it weight loss? Is it just enjoyment? Are you going to ride with your family or your spouse, your kids? Who will you be riding it with? So you need to ask yourself all those questions. And it's not easy. And for many people who are answering those questions with, well, I want to exercise more. I want to get outside more. I want to just ride hybrid bike. Hybrid is in between. So hybrid is a bike with the handlebars that are straight. It's not a road bike. It is easier for more applications. In other words, like riding around town, riding with your kids. It's not going to go super fast, although with every type of bike you can spend from a little bit to a ridiculous amount. But a hybrid bike is, is one that, you know, I bought for my wife. 
And then she wants one that, you know, she's going to use in the summer and ride around town. And we went from the hybrid to a cruiser. So what are you going to use it for? What do you enjoy? You know, in my book on triathlons, I said, you know what bike pros use? The one that they're given by a sponsor and the one they think looks cool. And obviously performance as well. But once you get up to a certain price point, it's all the same for the most part. So what can you afford? What are your goals? What do you like? What are you going to be using it for? That is what you're going to ask yourself. All right. How much do you spend? (laughs) Again, this is a crazy world when it comes to bikes. And for those people who have gotten into it seriously, you know, I have a neighbor across the street, bikes galore. So many bikes that he, he's like, here, take this one. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> I don't, I don't take things like that. That, you know, I would pay for it, but I didn't even, you know, it wasn't for me. But a great line I just heard, and I thought I had heard it all being in this industry for as long as I have, but I ran into a triathlete on vacation a couple weeks ago, and he, we were talking about bikes and triathlon and everything like that. And I asked him about his bikes and he said, <laughs> his biggest fear is that he will get divorced and his wife will sell his bikes for what he told her he paid for them. In other words, spouses, and that can go the other way as well. Wife telling her husband, yeah, I paid 500 bucks for a bike that cost 5,000. All right. So this is where you're going to pay for what you can afford. Like anything else, treadmills, ellipticals, you don't want to go too inexpensive because you get what you pay for. But you also don't have to go super expensive at all. I have never owned a super expensive bike, nor probably will I ever. I'm too cheap. I don't want to spend that much, and I will spend it on other things. And when I used to coach people for triathlon and things like that, I'd say, spend the money. Well, first of all, they're paying for me as a coach, but that can be spent in other ways. In other words, get different gear, you know, pay for a coach, you know, do class, whatever the apps now. And I'll talk about indoor bikes. But after a certain price point, you know, there was a great article not too long ago, couple thousand dollars. Once you go past that, which for most people is super expensive. Once you go past that price point, minuscule benefit for the vast majority of people. Now, if you're a pro triathlete, you're someone who's, you know, a hardcore cyclist and racing and things like that, it's different. But the difference between a $5,000 bike and a $10,000 bike for most people is (laughs) $5,000. And that's pretty much it. All right. So you can spend whatever you want. Now, like anything else, any other products, there's generally good, better, and best. There's not so expensive, moderately expensive, and super expensive. Again, what you want to spend, what your goals are, that's what you're going to decide. Now, let me give you two ways you can go about purchasing a bike. I'll give you three, actually. The third one is online. You just start poking around, find a website. There are direct-to-consumer bike brands now. But for the person who doesn't really know what they're doing, that can be questionable. So eBay is one of the great places to pick up a bike if you are in the used market and you kind of know what you want. You know, your sizing and things like that. Because of what I just said, there are so many people who buy so many bikes, they get bored really quickly and they want to get on to the next thing. And so you can find great deals on every single type of bike I just spoke about in the secondary market. That being said, I am a big fan, believer, and proponent of supporting your local bike shop. As I said, I've had many people, many friends in that business over the years, and it is a brutal business. And that's why I love that COVID helped them out. But there are several reasons to support your local bike shop. First and foremost, Small business, always a great thing to support, okay? But there are other things that come with that. You're going to need servicing. You're going to need different pieces of equipment that I'll talk about. We're going to talk about getting fitted. And so it's a relationship. You buy a bike and you're going to need many things along the way. So ideally, you find a local bike shop that you like. You like the owner. You like the mechanics. And that's where you buy your bike. But you have those three options. You can just go online, poke around. You can go to secondary market, you know, Facebook marketplace, eBay. And then you can support your local bike shop. But that leads into fit. 
Fit is so important. So there are different sizes for different people, different frame sizes, depending on how tall you are. That's where you start. And different models will have different sizes as well. So if you find a bike brand that you like, you go online or you ask your local bike shop or a friend who knows what they're talking about, what size am I? And so different sizing charts for different bikes. There are some, you know, standards, but not worth getting into here just because could steer you wrong depending on what you're getting. But that's where you start. But then you need to get fitted because just because you have the right size bike for your height, there's so many other factors that are involved. Your femur length, your flexibility, your reach, so many things that you need to be fitted to when you get a new bike or a used bike that's new to you. Quick story. When I first started doing triathlons, I had a friend who was a doctor who was starting to do them with me. And he had money. I had none at the time. He was a doctor. I was a trainer. And he borrowed a bike from a friend of his because it was a really good bike. It was a super expensive bike. It was a beautiful bike. It was way too big for him. The guy he borrowed the bike from was probably six inches, if not more, taller than he was. Six inches, eight inches. The bike was way too big to the point that we'd be out on a ride and people would say, hey, <laughs> your bike's too big. And during races. So that wasn't good, especially when you're doing an Ironman. So my point is, like, it doesn't matter how expensive the bike is. If it's not fitted well to you, you will have problems performance-wise and enjoyment-wise. So there's something called a bike fit. Now, if you buy a bike online, you can still bring it in to your local bike shop and get fitted there, and you should. Uh, but they will take you through a series of measurements and tests, hopefully, to get you fitted to the bike. So you want to do that. It's going to cost a couple dollars depending on where you are and who's doing it, but that is the best money spent. So you want to buy a bike that you like, a bike that you can afford, a bike that gets you excited, and then you want to get fitted properly to it. All right? Now you've got your bike. Now what do you do? Final break. When we come back, talk about gear, talk about pedals, talk about safety, how to get better, a couple form tips, some quick terminology, and I'm going to bring it all home. All right, final break. We'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from Brain MD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by Brain MD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from Brain MD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. 
Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. All right, talking about Cycling 101, broad overview for those of you getting started, wanting to get into biking, cycling, riding indoors and out. One of the greatest forms of exercise for me. This is why I started doing triathlon, because I knew that I needed to cross-train. I am a runner first, a biker second now, swimmer distant third, but it's what keeps me injury-free. I am cross-training in a great way with a goal. All right, so gear. Now, we could talk for an hour. We're not. We're going to talk for just a couple minutes. So that is one of the fun things, too, about buying a bike. Then you got all these things you can and should buy. Some you need, some you don't, but you want, and you get them. So the gear that you have to have, you need a great helmet. And then you need some cycling gear. Now, there's spandex, there's bike shorts. Some of you feel comfortable in those. Some of you don't. But there's a reason, obviously, for them. Spandex, tight-fitting clothing will decrease the likelihood of chafing. And those bike shorts have a padded butt, a chamois in there that makes it much more comfortable. But if you're not comfortable wearing something tight like that, you're just going to be, you know, buying a hybrid bike and riding it for fitness and health. You can get shorts that look like regular shorts as well, but have those built in. So you want comfortable gear. You got your helmet for safety, then you get your shorts, right? That you are comfortable in both physically as well as mentally. Then get bright colors, bright colors, people. You can still look good and you can have some, you know, clothing that's darker. But if you're out on the roads and you are going to be in traffic, I get made fun of by my friends all the time because I have outfits that they say, who remembers the band Striper? (laughs) It was a Christian rock heavy metal band, black and yellow. I have yellow, bright yellow. And I used to have bright yellow and black bike. It was not by design, but I ended up having the uh, same bike that I had uh, so many bike outfits, yellow and black. But orange, you know, bright greens. You want to be seen by traffic. All right. I'm going to get into that more when I talk about safety. Then gloves. I started off wearing gloves when I first, you know, was getting into biking and triathlon. Now I don't wear them that frequently, but sometimes. And I'm talking fingerless or with fingers, but fingerless can help you. It's got a pad in there as well. So that can help with, you know, hand discomfort and pain that many people feel when they're starting out, as well as if and when you fall, which frequently happens. Uh, it just does. You're not going to get the road rash on your hand. All right. Then you've got all the gear that you don't need right away, but can be fun to measure your metrics. So computers, a bike computer that can go from a couple of dollars to thousands of dollars. You've got a power meter if you're a serious cyclist that measures your watts I'm going to talk about. And then two more things that you kind of need. You need your bike pump to pump up your tires and that bike shop will get you that or you can get on online. And then you've got your bag, or some way to carry what you need when you're out to change a tire, a flat tire, your spare tubes, a pump, a small handheld pump, or CO2s with a valve. So there's a way to take small CO2 bottles, tiny bottles, metal, that fill up your tires really quickly. And that leads to the next point. You're going to learn how to change a tire. You're not going to be great at it at first. I took me many flats and I have flatted hundreds and hundreds of times now. So I've gotten really good at it. It takes time. And again, I'm old. So there wasn't YouTube back when I started, but now you can just go online, pull up YouTube and watch someone change tires, watch it a bunch of times. But yet another reason to make friends with your local bike shop. You can go in there and say, can you teach me? Oftentimes they will literally have bike changing seminars and you can do that. You can also When I was coaching people, if you have a coach or you're going to get a coach or a trainer who's into this as well, I would do sessions with clients. We'd go out for a bike ride and then I would pull their tube out. We'd stop and I'd make them change it. Finally, if you have a friend who's been a cyclist, who knows what they're doing, it's a great way to learn, but it's going to take time. So videos, friends, bike shop, learn to change a tire and you need that stuff with you. And one aside, if you are out biking 
and you see someone at the side of the road who is fixing something or looks like they're in some kind of distress, it's common courtesy as a cyclist to say, do you need anything? Because sometimes they didn't bring some tubes. And that's why you always want to leave with a minimum of two because you can flap more than once or you can screw up one on your own. And if someone really needs one, you can throw one to someone who needs them as well. Just kind of common courtesy. Not everyone does it. I do. And many people do as well. All right. Final couple things here. Pedals. Four basic type of pedals. Three. We'll throw in the fourth, though. So you've got your general platform pedals. Back to when I had the banana seat. When we were kids, right, you got the flat pedals, but they also have what on them oftentimes? Those teeth. Remember, you'd be flying down a hill. Your pedals would be flying. Your legs would be out. And then you'd like slip and you just scrape the heck out of your shins, right? It's kind of one of those rites of passage growing up. So that's where many of you will start. Just the typical flat pedal. And you can wear whatever kind of shoes you're comfortable in. Hybrid bikes, you don't need the next couple pedals, but that's where you start. And many of you will stay there. That's fine. What's the downside? Sure, you'll lose some performance. A lot of performance, but many of you don't care. So then there's the toe clips, the little cages as they call them. If you take indoor cycling classes, oftentimes they'll have those. You stick your toe in. So a little better as far as power and, and just efficiency because you can pull up on those cages and you can make them tight, but you still got to pull your toe out, your feet out quickly. And for many of you who are riding in traffic or, you know, on dirt roads, whatever, you don't always want that. So it's what you are comfortable with. And then the third type, I love the title, the name, because it's total counterintuitive. They're called clipless, but they're not clipless. You clip in. So this is where you buy the bike shoes. And many of you have taken the indoor cycling class now, classes where they have these. So you buy the shoes with a clip on the bottom. You put your foot in, boom, you hear that click, you are clipped in. Can be challenging to get out of. Takes practice when you're out and about. You know, when I was learning how to bike and getting into triathlons, I lived in Manhattan and I was taking my life into my hands because I learned how to get in and out while biking in downtown (laughs) Manhattan traffic. I had to go from the east side to Central Park. And oftentimes I would fall. And scary. So... If you are someone who needs those or over time you've been biking for a little while and you want to take that step, you can do that, but you don't have to. Yes, you get better performance. And then finally, there are hybrid ones where you get both. One side flat platform and the other side clipless. You can clip in. So if you're like, you know, sometimes I'm going to take this bike to work or whatever around town. I just want to wear sneakers. Other times I do want to clip in. You've got that option. So let's talk safety. Again, 26 Ironman races, okay? One real crash, and it was during a race, and it was my fault, but all of those miles out on the road in training, no. Well, there was one time, there's one other time, because people who know when I coach the charity, I was coaching a uh, group ride uh, before Ironman Lake Placid. I coached uh, a cancer charity. I had about 30 people behind me. I didn't pump up my tires enough. I drove up really quickly, with the bike on top of the car, took it off, should have pumped the tires up more. And long story short, was going down a hill, whole group of people behind me took a hard left turn and the wheel rolled right off, the the tire rolled off rather, off of the wheel. And so I fell. But that's it. Those two times in in thousands and thousands of miles and hours. So here's just a list real quick that can literally help save your life. I talked about bright colors. Brake collars, brake collars, brake collars. Okay, you want to be as visible to traffic as possible. Okay, safe route. Now, sometimes you have the option, sometimes you don't. People live in places where they don't have a lot of options for roads to ride on. I get it. But if you do, then you choose the safest route. And I have options where I live, but I generally ride the same route the most frequently because I know it like the back of my hand. It is safer than many of the roads that my friends go out on. Traffic is not as fast. The shoulder is bigger. And I know it like the back of my hand. In other words, I know where cars are going to come out quickly. I know where that dog is that's going to come sprinting out of the front lawn and scare the heck out of me. I know where those potholes are. So you control what you can, people. And then you don't do dumb things. And this ties into riding with the group. 
And this is counterintuitive because you'll often hear there's safety in numbers and riding with a big group, then you're seen better. Well, yeah, no. I tend to do the vast majority of my riding alone, A, because I enjoy it, and B, because I have found it to be way more safe because the groups tend to run stop signs, run red lights. There are people in the groups who aren't as good uh, cyclists and they may hit you. So you have to pick your moments and your groups and know what's safe and what isn't. And there is testosterone, male and female, when it comes to cycling. And personally, yeah, I'll ride with people occasionally, but I control what I can. I look back, you know, when I ride with people, I notice, you know, I get it from an enjoyment standpoint. It's not that enjoyable to look over your shoulder every couple minutes or so, but I do because I like to know what's around me at any given time, especially if I'm on a long straightaway. I want to know if a car just came out. I want to know what's around me. And that being said, you always want to glance and see what's in front of you as far as you can. Your brain will take that in. Is there a drain coming up? Is there, you know, something in the middle of the road? So you want to be safe. You want to be aware. You can use blinking lights front and back. There's so much technology now. There's literally like lights and helmets, so many cool things. But depending on where you're riding and your comfort level and what you need, you want to be as visible as possible. And then back to picking your moments. I don't ride, generally speaking, at sunset. When sun is in the driver's eyes, and I know as a driver, I'll be driving, I'm like, wow, I can only imagine if there was a biker on the road right now, I wouldn't be able to see them. So pick your time of day as well. And final and most important two points. Always assume drivers don't see you, even if they're looking at you smiling and waving you through an intersection. Because you wave back and then they think, oh, he's saying I should go. So always assume they don't see you and then always assume they're going to do something stupid, like turn right in front of you. And oftentimes they can't judge how fast you're going. I have a straightaway where I know if I go too fast, there's going to be a car coming at me and someone's going to misjudge the speed I'm going and they're going to turn in front of me. Happens all the time, but I'm waiting for it to happen. Now, yes, takes a little of the enjoyment out. Listen, I did a ride with a friend years ago up in Lake Placid, training ride. It's a six-mile downhill for those of you who have ridden the course. And I said to her, she was an amazing cyclist and, you know, less risk-averse than I. And I said, I'll see you at the bottom because it was kind of sketchy conditions. And I wasn't going to fall just to go, you know, 40, 50 miles an hour down this downhill, I was going to be safer. I limit my, you know, chances of crashing. All right. How to get better. So I assume that the person who emailed me, this was one of his questions. How did you get better? Now, first and foremost, like running people, it's not the answer you want to hear, but it's the truth. You know, you get better at cycling time in the saddle putting in the miles. It's not the bike. It's not the gear. It's not the technology. It's not even the workouts that I'll give you shortly. First and foremost, it's just time in the saddle. You become more efficient the more you bike. Your body gets better at doing it. You'll learn how to pedal better, just like running. The more miles you run, the better you're going to be. Then there's the, you know, cutoff, like at what point are you going to injure yourself? But the body's a really smart machine, as I say over and over. It's going to get better the more you do it. Okay, that being said, find a cycling group or a partner and or a partner who are better than you. Talk about this. This is what I did way back in the day. Found a, you know, a running partner and a cycling partner that I could chase around town and that I could learn from, and I could watch, and that is another way. Find someone kind of to be your mentor. And then there's two workouts. I've given these to you so many times, done podcasts on them for running. I've alluded to cycling, but you're going to do interval training on your bike and you're going to do hills. The same concepts for running and for other sports as well, but this is exercise physiology 101. 
You're going to build your endurance. You're going to get better at doing it by doing it, running, biking, whatever. Then you're going to do your interval training on the bike. You know, uh, five-minute time trials with some recovery, one-minute all-out sprints with recovery. And then you're going to do hills, hill repeats, and hilly rides. You're going to build strength. You're going to build efficiency again. So time in the saddle, put in the miles, build that endurance, increase that efficiency. Interval training, you know, warm up, handful of intervals with some recoveries, cool down, and he'll work. All right, a couple quick form tips again. This is uh, cycling 101. You want to relax. You want to be as relaxed as possible. Are your hands, you know, white-knuckled on the handlebars? Now, again, so much of this is time in the saddle. You get more comfortable, but you do the body check. You know, are your shoulders raised up? Are your arms locked? Are your toes scrunched? You know, so many of the discomfort issues people have when they first start cycling, it's just tension. And the more relaxed you become, the more fun, the more comfortable, the better the experience, both enjoyment and performance. All right. So don't white knuckle, do those body checks. You know, I'm not a fan, even, you know, uh, with the outdoor cycling, so often in indoor cycling, the instructor will say, engage your core. No. Naturally engage your core. That should not be an, a, a mental uh, cue, in my opinion. I don't want to hold my abs in tight if I'm riding, you know, 100 miles. I want to relax. So you want to be positioned well and you want to distribute your weight accordingly, but you don't want to consciously engage muscles. You want to consciously relax them. All right. And then it's all about the pedal stroke, right? You want smooth circles. You want to pull up on the pedals. And one of the cues you will get from coaches is scrape. So you're going to pull up on the pedals as if you're scraping dog dew off your shoe. That's a common cue. So you're going to work on circles and their gaps. You know, this is a little, this is more cycling 202, but the more you cycle, the better those circles will become, the more efficient you will become. And so you will actually go faster with less effort, just like with running. And you want to tuck those knees in, by the way. It's all about wind resistance as far as, you know, one of the things that's slowing you down. And so having your knees wide open, you know, you can always see a cyclist uh, who's maybe starting out because those knees are so wide open. You want to tuck them in. Okay. Keep that body tight, relaxed, and natural. All right. couple quick cycling terms. Cadence. You're going to hear that over and over. That's the pedaling rate or the revolutions per minute. You know, higher cadence is generally the, the more advanced cyclists will be more efficient at a higher cadence. Lower cadence, another term you'll hear frequently is mashing the pedals. And so over time, generally speaking, and, and I've, I've seen people say the exact opposite, but higher cadence will fatigue you less. If you're doing like a triathlon, long distance, generally speaking, again, 90, 80, 90 revolutions per minute rather than 50 or 60 at a high gear or a low gear, you know, you want to go as fast as possible with the least amount of effort, okay? All right, watts, you're going to hear a lot of that again. This is more cycling 202, but we throw it out there. That measures how hard you work. Okay, you can take something called an FTP test. And when you want to get better, you should over time, especially if you're riding indoors, learn about watts. And that is a better measurement for cyclists, especially than heart rate, because there's a lot of variability in heart rate that you won't have with watts. So watts is power. And it is a great metric to track your progress over time with cycling. And one final point on that. It is relative to your weight. So if you're, you know, 250 pounds putting out 200 watts or you're 150 pounds putting out 200 watts, the lighter person's going to go faster. Okay, so it is relative. So someone who's heavier than you, it's going to be easier for them to put out more watts. Okay, final couple points here. Taking it indoors, never a better time than right now. There's two ways to do it. Do you want to ride indoors on your bike? Then you get a trainer. 
So there's so many different ways to prop your bike up that you ride outside, inside. And again, you can pay a couple dollars, you can pay thousands of dollars and get these incredible bike trainers. I have several and I've uh, really invested in that over the years because as I said, I've done so much indoor cycling and training for races. There's so many apps, so much technology for riding indoors. So that's the question. And you want to think about that, by the way, when you are purchasing your bike. Will you be riding this inside? Do you want to ride it outside? Do you live somewhere where you're going to have a couple months of the year where you can have so much fun riding outside, but then you want to bring it inside, especially if you're spending a decent amount of money on it? Well, then there are trainers that you can pop that bike up on. Or you get a stationary bike. So many options. Again, did that podcast on how to uh, maximize your indoor cycling workout, and that was generally geared towards the indoor cycling bikes, the bike you're going to buy and just get on it, right? It's all there with the weighted wheel, magnetic resistance, not the bike you're going to ride outside, okay? All right. Why ride inside? Safety, (laughs) you know, huge part. I do a lot of riding inside for that reason. I really like riding outside, but again, I pick my moments. Weather, you know, if you live somewhere where it gets super cold or you want to ride and it's, you know, inclement weather outside, thunder and lightning, you ride inside. So many apps and training ways to do that inside that you can't necessarily do outside. And you can get a, somewhat of a better workout in. So, you know, the question oftentimes is, what is an hour on an indoor bike? You know, what's the uh, equivalent outside? And there are different, you know, views on it, hour and a half, depending on what you're doing. The point being, you're not slowing down, you're not coasting, you're not stopping for stop signs and red lights and things like that. And you can really do focused workouts inside. So that's a huge benefit. Your interval training and things like that, when you're indoors, nothing else to worry about. And just to focus on that workout for the more advanced cyclists, the people who want to get better, you're going to do that indoors as well. And then finally, community. You know, if you are using those cycling apps now, the more popular bikes that, you know, the brand I'm speaking of. There's so many now, though. The community is a big part. If you want to ride with people and you can do that with, you know, that type of bike or you can get the different apps and use those as well, Zwift and things like that, great way to do it. All right. Most important point and we're done. The most important question when it comes to cycling, do you need to shave your legs? The answer is no. (laughs) <laughs> unless you're a triathlete uh, and then it's it's all for show it's all for show now one of the reasons you say where did it come from where did why did cyclists start shaving their legs well one of the explanations and reasons you will hear is for bike crashes when you get road rash when you go down and if you've experienced this with hairy legs you know what i'm talking about the hair gets caught up in the wound and that's a problem but for the vast majority of people that doesn't matter It's not really aerodynamics for people who are going 100 miles or even, you know, shorter distance races. It's about the look. It's about doing what others do. And yes, the vanity side, (laughs) you know, the good legs, all those miles spent in the saddle generally look a little better. It's the thought process of these people when you are not hairy (laughs) and showing it off. So there you go. Needed to end with that. Do you need to shave your legs as a cyclist? Mm, you know, you're going to stand out more at a race if you don't have it at many of these races. So totally a personal preference thing. All right. So there you go. Just a broad overview for those of you just starting out. And I can't emphasize enough that safety is the most important thing for me to get started. I don't care, you know, uh, how great your workout is and all of those kind of things if you get hurt, if you get hit. So really take that safety part into account. You know, uh, having biked for so many years, again, I will say one final time, there's always an element of luck, but there's a huge amount of control as well. And letting the ego go. You can blow through a red light and blow me away. You can bomb down that hill when it's raining out and I'm just training and I don't need to work on those skills that day. I'm picking my moments and you should too. All right. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll do many more shows. I will do many more shows on deeper dives into cycling, but this is to get you started. If you have not yet rated the show, please do so. If you can comment where you're listening, it's always greatly appreciated. And if you want to reach out, a couple ways to do it. Tom H. Fit is Instagram and Twitter, Tom H. Fit. 
You can go to fitnessdisrupted.com and email me through that site as well. New book is the Micro Workout Plan and new website is Tom Holland Fitness, where I'm taking all of my content from decades in the business, videos and workouts and everything and putting it up there. All right. Thank you for listening. I love cycling. I love variation. It is one of the reasons, as I said at the start of the show, that I am injury free. At 52, having done all of these events over the years, it's about mixing it up. It's about variation. And it's about enjoying what you do. So find that bike you like, whether it's a mountain bike or a cruiser or a road bike or a triathlon, uh, triathlon bike, a TT bike, totally up to you. Thank you for listening. Remember, there are three things we control. How much we move, what we put into our mouths and our attitudes, and that is awesome. I'm Tom Holland. This is Fitness Disrupted. Believe in yourself. Fitness Disrupted is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.